Hey, what's going on, parents? Welcome back to Teenager Tuesday, part three, uh, with Rhett Smith talking through depression and anxiety. And for the last two weeks, Rhett, we've really kind of talked about reframing it and kind of some overarching perspectives of it. And this week, I think it'd be great to get down to some nuts and bolts. Yeah, I was thinking about two things. Like, when you think about anxiety or depression, I think, one, it's critical to identify like the root, what's going underneath. Because I would classify anxiety and depression more as a symptom. It's something mm-hmm. I do. I become anxious or yeah. depressed because something underneath is happening. Mm-hmm. And then two, like, you let's, it, it, it stinks to have anxiety and depression. So let's talk about some tools to manage. Yeah. You know, and so I thought I'll just keep this short, but a short story for myself. It's, it wasn't, you know, I've been anxious my whole life. And it wasn't until I had a really good therapist to help me understand that, like, anxiety was really caused by a deep fear of like inadequacy and like not being good enough, not measuring up. Hmm. And when I when that was identified for me, I was able to kind of heal that and really do a lot of deep work around that. Yeah. And so I think, you know, kids who are struggling with anxiety and depression, you're seeing it by their behavior and the anxiousness and depression. But what you want to do, what we talked about earlier in creating that safe place, yeah. I think is be a curious parent volunteer leader and ask a lot of questions about like, hey, what's going on? What are you feeling? And if you're listening well, I think you pick up on key words, you know, Hmm. like, I feel like I'm not enough. I feel alone. Um, I feel like I'm inadequate. I feel like I'm unloved. Um, Or sometimes I have kids journal and they they allow me to read their journal and Mm. journals like it's, you know, it's full of information. And so I think we want to identify the roots and not just stop at the symptom. That's really critical. Sometimes, yeah, a therapist or counselor can help you do that, but parents and leaders are equipped to like engage in that conversation and really listen. And I think when you get that level, people feel really heard and you can understand maybe like what's going on and how do we move forward from there. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's good. That's good. I, and I love the journaling aspect too. Yeah. I, I do that myself. Like I, I journal even to just pay attention in services because uh, it helps me just kind of get out of my head and get on paper and then sometimes, like, I won't even realize that something I'm thinking is, is like, when I put it on paper, then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, okay, that makes sense. And that's not from in me, and that, that, that's not true, or whatever. It externalizes you know? it away yeah. from you as something, oh, this is something I do, it's not about me. And, yeah. you know, also, like, I think about people who are creative or artists, like musicians, painters, like, hmm. they leave a lot of clues in terms of, deeper stuff maybe about what's going on underneath yeah you know, i have kids they'll bring me their song lyrics oh I'm like wow like let's talk about that thing you said so i think we what we want to do is realize you see anxiety and depression as a parent or a leader or a volunteer but below the surface there's other things that are going that trigger it that bring it up yeah and that's what we want to get to and talk about hmm. to i think begin the healing process yeah so would there be any other ways to kind of get to that root or maybe manage them yeah, with it? Yeah, and, and like here's a simple thing. You can Google online like a list of feeling words, right? Huh. Feeling or like words. when you're young kids, they have those little charts like faces, like happy face, smiley <laughs> face, right? Yeah, and, and I give a kid a piece of paper and say, hey, circle all the words that you think you feel at times when you're anxious or depressed. Interesting. And a kid okay. will circle all these words and I'm like, oh, okay, let's talk about that stuff. Hmm. Let's get below. Let's not talk about the anxiety or depression. Let's talk about what's yeah. going on there. Oh. So I think that's one. Wow. I want to do that for me. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Keep, keep going. You do therapy right no, here. No, that's good. Yeah. That, that's so good. And it's easy. And yeah. it makes some, again, it, it, it's a piece of paper. So it externalizes a way of something like this is what goes on. Mm-hmm. So that's one. You asked about 
managing it. Yeah. Like there's lots of things. You know, we could be as severe as maybe someone needs to see a doctor and get on some type of medication. Um, you know, I think looking at people's self-care, what are they doing physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually to take care, care of themselves? That's yeah. really critical, especially movement of body okay. is really yeah. critical in releasing positive chemicals to the brain mm. that help us emotionally regulate, yeah. that help with anxiety and depression. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what I- Get I've, them out of their rooms is what Out of their saying. rooms. Yeah. And I'll tell you what I've done the most probably, especially during COVID, is I've really doubled down on just simple breathing exercises. Hmm. You know, I believe God- God put us in a body. Yeah. Um, our very life is connected to our breath. There's a lot of talk in the New Testament. Let's talk about breath, like, you know, yeah. pneuma and ruah. Huh. Ruah, I can't even say the Hebrew right. And so ruah. we are intimately connected to our breath. Mm. And when we get anxious, you'll notice people stop breathing. It gets shallow. And so just stopping and doing some simple breathing exercises, or yeah. you can Google box breathing. I'm a huge fan of the Headspace app and just walking hmm. through some breathing meditation okay. stuff yeah. I think is really great. Yeah. The breathing thing has been big for me. Like you, you've advised me to do that a while back years yeah. ago. And yeah, that's whenever I have a lot of my, my mind or I feel it or I'm like, uh, or I notice myself too, like getting too fidgety. Yeah. I just take a deep breath. I'm what like, I've noticed is you and so I talking relaxing. here, I'm aware of that. I've like not breathing kind of shallow one. Cause I'm excited, but I'm yeah. kind of anxious too. Oh. And so I was just tuning in going, I'm not breathing. And it's as subtle as that. And if hmm. I, if I, if I do that long enough, yeah. it creates panic actually. And you think about a kid who is in that mode all day long, the anxiety yeah. really skyrockets for that them. That makes sense with the short breaths. Cause maybe even just physically we would feel like we were drowning. Yeah. It's the, if you've yeah. ever seen someone have a, have a panic attack, yeah. it's very shallow, short breath, mm -hmm. can't get air. Hmm. So the first thing you do is you help them reestablish just deep breathing to kind of ground themselves. Yeah. And so we want to focus on that throughout the day. Yeah. Man, yeah, that's good. Are there any other, I guess, physical things that people could do? You talked about getting out of a room. Yeah. And breathing. I mean, if I think if I'm feeling anxiety in the moment, something physical that is almost like, like disruptive to get your brain off kilter is to get on the floor and do like push-ups or like, <laughs> yeah. or like jumping jacks. Yeah, and maybe okay. you want to close the door so yeah. no one's laughing at you. I think that's really helpful. I think going on a regular walk, okay. if you don't want to do like heavy yeah. exercise, I think a regular walk rhythm during the week is really helpful in kind of regulating the, the, the breath work. Okay. Um, that's critical. And again, just, you don't have to make it complicated. Yeah. If I wake up in the morning, just focus on some deep breathing through my nose mm. And then out my mouth, yeah. really slow to kind of yeah. reset myself. Yeah, uh, yeah. And one thing, one thing that uh, that you helped me see on a physical side of things is I, I had a year that was just a horrible year for me personally, and it was really tough. I remember coming to you and talking in a, in a session about how hard it was for me to just get out of bed in the morning. Yeah, and you talked to me about uh, finding little wins, just like small things that really don't take that much effort, but recognizing that what I did was a win. And so I started making my bed in the morning mm. and I never made my bed before. Mm. Cause I'm like, I'm why I'm going to mess it up anyways. Um, but I started getting out of bed and I would just make my bed. And for whatever reason in my, in my brain, I would think, or it would do this thing where it wouldn't take away a lot of feelings, but, but then I would have this I guess added mindset. They're like, well, I did that, so maybe I can do more. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I, I think that's good. I mean, I think they talk about that as like being a... If you can find a keystone habit, yeah. something simple yeah, yeah. that you can do, it can really unlock a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. And if you're someone with anxiety and depression, you in your mind so much, 
that I think being able to accomplish one thing that you can see that's tangible can give you a lot of confidence just to kind of take the very next step. Yeah. You know, and that's something you found to do that worked for you. And uh. I think that's part of the conversation with parents is maybe coming alongside their kids and just helping them figure out, hey, I know you're struggling. What is something that I could come alongside and, and help assist you or that I could, you know, walk alongside with you that would yeah. help you kind of navigate this? Yeah. Because that probably, that, that sense of, man, I did something. Yeah. You know, helping with dinner. I, something I don't know. Helping which is cook. critical when know. you're depressed. Depressed has this really like flattening effect where mm-hmm. you just you feel like listless. You can't move. You don't, sometimes you can't even function. And anxiety sometimes there's a lot of overlap. But anxiety has this kind of like almost incessant. You can't stop your mind. You <laughs> can't stop thinking. All the what if questions. And yeah. so anxiety feels you can feel it in someone like this kind of heightened state. And then depression you kind of feel this like whoa this is heavy kind of. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so just kind of piecing that together. It's a little different. There's some nuances, and there's also a lot of overlap. So discerning what's going on is pretty critical as well. Yeah, man. Those are some good nuts and bolts. That's good. Right, man. That's some good practical stuff. Yeah. Um, that, that's all for this week. But, again, we're going to be back again next week uh, for part four. So, gosh, I'm excited. Sounds this good. has been so good. Um, okay. Signing off. Uh, always remember, you're not alone. You can do this. God's with you, and so are we. Have a great week. Thank you.